Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we are. We are back. We had a little bit of internet glitch on my side. Everything broke down. But we are back. I'm Mark Grody. On a Sunday morning here till noon, we've got Grobber coming up in just a little bit. But the Bulls, again, as I was saying, I don't know what you heard, so I will try to repeat as best I can. The Bulls coming off the 125-106 loss to the Clippers. So if the win over New Orleans with the 25 three-pointers was a get-well game, the loss to the Clippers was a, yeah, we're not even really close yet game. Just a a systematic winning style by the Clippers and by Kawhi Leonard, who's just great, you know, to to see his mid-range game work. And we know he could pop the three as well. And this was one game, you know, one of my favorite parts of watching the Bulls this year is watching the development of Patrick Williams. And that was not a great example of progress for Patrick Williams because he was the man guarding Kawhi Leonard. I get it. It's it's Kawhi Leonard, so you're not asking anybody to be able to necessarily keep up with him. But it was a rough game for the rookie, and then his offense was clearly affected by that. Or at least I think probably the message to Billy Donovan that night was, your job is to guard one of the best players in the NBA and the offense will be taken care of by other guys. I think he had three points in that game, and even when he did shoot, it just looked off for Patrick Williams on that night. It was it was absolutely—I mean, he took a shot in the fourth quarter at one point in time when the Bulls just needed to make easy baskets, and it was well short. And I was like, man, this is where I feel bad for Patrick Williams in this game and at this point. I will say this, that Kobe White, for two straight games— has looked like he's had a better freedom about him, that he's not thinking about it as much. I kind of hate when we say that, and I am guilty of it, saying that guys are thinking too much out there. But I do think in Kobe White's case that he has been a conflicted player this year and to some degree overcoached by Billy Donovan and being obsessed with him being a point guard as opposed to being a scorer. And I think that we all know, and maybe Billy Donovan is starting to figure out that, yeah, the guy's a great scorer. Um, that Kobe White can score outside and inside. He had in, in that Clippers game, I don't know if you watched it or not, but he had one of really the most electrifying plays of the year that I've seen for the Bulls this year, where he drives down the lane and puts home a one-hand slam. It was actually his first dunk of the year, and he was driving. He was driving to 17 points in the previous game to that with all the three-pointers. He was hitting the long shot. So you're seeing a little bit more of the repertoire that we know exists with Kobe White, who was put into the Hall of Fame last 
last year. The, the, the Zach Levine acceleration continues to impress me. We know Zach Levine can also shoot from anywhere on the field, but one of the beautiful parts of watching Zach Levine is the effortless acceleration that exists in his game. So we'll get back to Zach here in a second. I do have a question for you because this came up with Rosenblum and I yesterday. And the, the question is, which three players will be with the Bulls three years from right now? And I think the answer to that question is, again, which three players are going to be with the Bulls three years from now? The answer is Patrick Williams, and then it's, um, yeah, I think that, no, it's, right? I mean, 312644 You'd think... Zach Levine would have value on the team or off the team because he would probably net something for you in a trade if you think that there is something out there that is worth having. And if if Zach Levine is traded, we would learn a lot about Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley and maybe even to a lesser degree Billy Donovan because that would tell you what type of player they're actually looking for depending on what they get back from Levine unless it's just draft picks. Um, so Levine is an interesting question. Kobe White. I mean, it's never the same place twice with Kobe White in terms of what the if if they truly were looking at Kobe White as a point guard and he's turning out to not be that, then he probably won't be part of the Bulls. But if they're comfortable with him being a scorer or a sixth man or the Jamal Crawford type, like a lot of people have discussed, then then that's an interesting prospect to keep around. Um Thaddeus Young. Oh, I only just have a question about Thad Young because he's 32, so I don't know that he's going to be around. Why won't Thaddeus Young shoot? Like, other than down low, like right around the basket, and I get it, That's he, he does a lot of his damage, but he is left alone to shoot from the free throw line a ton, and he is scared to death to shoot anything that is not a perfect shot. It's worked for him. I just wonder if he's being told not to shot or if his shot is that bad. Wendell Carter Jr., who supposedly is getting better, is he going to be around? Is he going to be part of this Bulls team in three years? I would say that the answer to that would be trending no, just based on injury history and really not knowing where he fits in in this NBA. He's another guy who, yeah, if you want the dirty work guy that Wendell Carter is going to fit in, but as far as a sure shot guy and offensive force, it seems like time is running out a little bit on that. The preseason and even to start the year, Billy Donovan was like, dude, shoot threes. Just shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. He was not making those threes, and now he's back to getting easy buckets and doing dirty work and you know maybe being an 8.12 rebound guy. I tend to think that that's what Wendell Carter is. Lowry Markinen. If he wasn't injured, I'd say, yeah, Lowry Markinen's the type of guy that you do want on this team three years from now. But it is it is getting really difficult to figure out what what the bull. It's actually interesting. It's interesting to try to think about what Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are potentially thinking about this team and what they like and what they don't like because really they haven't played their showed their their hand very much yet. I mean, you can say that Patrick Williams, maybe that's the type of guy. Maybe it's the the offense-defense guy. Maybe it's that. But we don't know. Maybe they love Zach Levine, and maybe it's a non-starter to move somebody like Zach Levine. And that's the interesting part. We just, we just don't know 
what those two guys are thinking. And there haven't been a lot of clues or hints. Some of it you could see in what Billy Donovan likes to do and what he doesn't like to do, but he's about the only one that there are some telltale signs of what they want this Chicago Bulls team to be like. 312-644-6767 is the number. If you want to talk about the Bulls or anything else that we've been talking about, we'll talk to Grober here in just a little bit. So I was told by our producer, Brandon Fryer, that somebody in our Cubs segment had called and wanted to get on, but we just didn't have time to get to everybody, and had requested a a story, a story from my time doing pre and post with the Cubs. And it actually is a funny story. And that was the story of BFF. All right. So we know what BFF means. It means best friends forever. And I was, I guess it would have been my first year doing Cubs pre and post in 2015 working with pat hughes and and ron coomer and just getting to know these guys probably about i don't know maybe it was like 30 games in to my time with those guys so didn't really know them that well they didn't know me we didn't we didn't know each other's like idiosyncrasies and personalities and all that kind of stuff i obviously i know pat a lot better than pat knows me because i've been listening to pat and that so i kind of have a pretty good idea but Anyway, so it was a day in which the lead singer of Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder, came into the booth, as he was wont to do occasionally. I don't remember if he was singing the stretch that day or if it was just one of those days where he wanted to come in and see his old buddy Coom and Pat, you know. Um, so Eddie Vedder comes in, and he, he jumped on the mic for a little while with Pat and Ron talking, doing his thing. And Pat did know. What Pat did know about me was that I was and am a huge Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam fan. So on the air, after Eddie Vedder leaves and it's back to business with the baseball game, and as Pat does, as you know, with, with Zach now and with me and all of his, all the past pre- and post-game host guys, he likes to interact. He likes to give people a microphone. He doesn't want to be the only voice in that booth. That's, that's one of the beauties of Pat Hughes. So Pat said to me during the broadcast, you know, we're back on and, Mark, we all know that you're a big. <laughs> we all know that you're a big Eddie Vedder fan, and you love Pearl Jam, and they're one of your favorite bands. What did you think about that time with, with Eddie Vedder in the booth and getting a chance to hear him and shake his hand and talk to him? And I, so I jumped on the mic and I said, "Well, Pat, it it's like I feel like after Eddie having been in the booth with us that we are." We are BFFs, man. We are for sure. We've got something special going on. And all of a sudden, Pat just kind of looked at looked at me and then turned around and just started calling the ball game again. No reaction, no follow-up in the conversation. Um, I was like, okay, what's going on? I'm looking at Dave Miskey's. And... I was kind of freaked out. I was like, wait a minute, what did what did I say? What was that bad? Did I sound stupid? Did Pat doesn't like me, does he? Uh, and I was like, oh my god. So after so the inning goes on, and this is early on in the inning. You know, ten minutes later, the <laughs> inning ends, and Pat throws to a break, and he and Coom doesn't know what's going on, nor Dave. Dave doesn't know what's going on, 
And Pat looks back at me and just takes off the headphones. I take my headphones off. He looks at me and he goes, BFF? You know, with kind of like a, in kind of an angry, what the hell is going on tone. And I was like, yeah, like best friends forever. And he's like, well, we don't do that kind of stuff here. And, you know, I was like, wait, wait, no, no, Pat, Pat, it's, it's an innocuous term. You know, he thought I was dropping F-bombs. He thought I was dropping F-bombs. And Coombs over there trying to cover his laughter. Miska's losing it. And now I'm like, I was like, Pat, seriously. I said, <laughs> I said that, that is the most innocent, innocuous terminology you will ever hear in your life. Um, best friends forever. And he finally realized it and figured it out. But it was, it was a pretty hilarious moment in the booth, um, getting to know each other early on. Um, but it, no, it was great. It was great from from there forth. But it's probably my my favorite, um, probably because the rest of the booth was just so amused by it. You know, Miska and Coom losing it, and there's me freaking out back there. The new guy with the shiny new job, and the big guy, the big dog in the booth, thinks you're dropping f bombs um, on a on a Cubs broadcast on a 50,000 watt radio network. Radio network. So there it is. That is that is the the Pat Hughes story. So I hope that I have satisfied the request. I'm sorry to get to you on the phone earlier, but there is the story that you requested. Story time on a Sunday morning here on the score. All right. Speaking of stories and good times and anything can be said or anything can happen. When we return, I'm bringing them in. I'm bringing in my buddy. Les Grobstein to talk about anything. Anything is next with Grobber. I'm Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Welcome back on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This has been a Mark Grody show, but from here forth, it will be a Grody Grobber show because we are commercial free until the top of the hour. And that means I get to hobnob, hang out, talk with my buddy, Les Grobstein. Grobber, what's going on, man? How are you? Um, it's, it's cold out there. As I say in Groundhog Day, put your booties on. What is this, Miami Beach? No, not really. It is... It is ice cold. <laughs> You've always kind of been a little bit of an amateur forecaster and meteorologist. Like you take weather very seriously on your show. Is there anything to that? Had that ever been an avenue in broadcasting that you wanted to go after? No, when I started doing uh, overnight shows, uh, I've always given the temperatures and I think people were interested in it. Tried to just keep up to date, and uh, I took Kathy out shopping a little bit earlier, a few hours ago, and the wind chill factor was 15 below zero. The temperature was uh, four below zero. Oof. So what is your? You wear a hat and gloves and the whole thing, like, or do you do you go hatless? Give me the the rundown when you get ready to go out in the cold. No, Boots. I have a hood on my uh, on my. Uh, uh, coat that I put on and you know leave it on for a short time. 
This is not the coldest I've ever been in. When I was doing UIC hockey in 1984, or I'm sorry, 1994, uh, they were playing at the University of Alaska Fairbanks up in, uh, well, Alaska for a uh, tournament, two games, and it was 31 below zero. Temperature, oh not wind chill, temperature. And they had uh, plugs on all the cars there, all the rental cars and even uh, people. They have them because you have to plug them in at night. Otherwise, they're not going to start. And when I got my rental car, when we got to the arena for the hockey game, I was a little stunned. They didn't have any place to plug in. And it was a double header. So we were there through two games plus our own. And I figured this, there's no way this place is going gonna, gonna to start. Got out of there after the uh, second game, which was our game against uh, UAF, and stunningly, it started. It just cranked right over. I was shocked. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, that's dangerous cold too. I mean, 31 below, and I guess, the, I guess they have to deal with that in Alaska. We're, we're 100 a... miles from the Arctic Circle where we were up in Fairbanks. Oh my God, that is that is crazy. But you you kept protected and you were okay. Well, once we got in the arena in the uh, Sullivan Center up there, everything was fine. I mean, it was nice and warm, ready to play, and uh, and we won the game, too. That's fantastic. All right, so you mentioned Kathy. Now, we, when we talked on the phone yesterday, today is Valentine's Day, but you guys had your date night last night. Take us through the evening. We had dinner at, uh, uh, you know, we, we went out, and uh, we, we had it there, and it, it was it was very good, and... Uh, um, she had what she wanted. She had a nice chicken uh, type of dinner. Lovely. And, uh, and I had uh, uh, I had brisket of beef. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. It was you great. Carry... I was thinking of having a big steak, and I said, no, no, I'm going to go with the brisket. This is what we're basically going to go with here, and, and we did, and it worked out oh, great. When you do get a steak, what? how do you take it? Uh, usually medium, sometimes medium well. Okay. And anything on it? You go with A1? Are you a ketchup guy? Onions, mushrooms, anything? Blue cheese? Mushrooms I love, but not last night. Last night when we when I had my dinner, um, it, it was brisket, and they had barbecue sauce on it, which was absolutely phenomenal. You care to name the, the restaurant, or you want to keep that private? I'll go to it in just a few minutes. Oh, a few, few minutes? Okay. <laughs> You want to want to let it settle in a little bit? Okay, we'll we'll get we'll we'll circle back to that here in a I'll few minutes. I'll give you a right. hint. I'll give you okay. a hint. Think okay. of a barbecue grill, one of the more famous barbecue grills that you find out there. Oh, I think I know. You, can I guess? Yeah, guess. Famous Dave's? No. No. Um, this is a, this place is basically uh, famous for steaks. Oh, okay. It and, it, was and it was up in Arlington Heights. Smith and Wilensky. No. I mean, that's the kind of budget we're talking, though, right, Smith and Walensky? Um, uh, th- 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 yeah, the budget is pretty close. You know, let's come back to it in two minutes. I want to ask you about Jake Arrieta. What did you think about the signing of Jake Arrieta, what he once meant and what he might mean now? He'll never have another year like he had in 2015. He was the best pitcher, certainly in the National League, maybe in baseball that year. And they they were a wild card team that year. The game that he pitched against Pittsburgh in that wild card game, which was on the road in Pittsburgh, that oh, yeah. was a stunner. I mean, uh, the the Pirates were a really good looking team coming into that. And after he beat them and shut them out, I think it was four to nothing. 
I don't think the Pirates ever recovered. I think they've just gone downhill ever since, and they've been, uh, they had no chance uh, against him that night. And then the next night, uh, um, you know, they, they were playing a, a couple nights later against the Cardinals, first ever meeting between the Cubs and their arch rivals. And the Cubs ended up losing game one, but they came back and won the series. And Arietta was very good in that series as well. He was phenomenal. Um, he's been good the last few years, but obviously became a free agent. He jumped to the Phillies. And uh, we know that as he comes back, nobody expects him to be what he did in 2015. If he does, that's going to be a, a shocker and a, a pleasant surprise. Plus, uh, you know, you worked with him. Great guy. Really, really good guy. Oh, yeah. No, very good dude. He once, I was once at a Starbucks on, in a road venture, and he, I was in line. Now that I think about it, I was actually behind him in line, and Arietta was in front of me. I got up, ordered all this stuff, and they said it was taken care of by that bearded gentleman over there. <laughs> and Jake Arietta winked at me, and he took care of all my goods at Starbucks. So I've always, I've always liked it. I don't know where he fits in though right now. What do you think? Like a, a competing for a four or five spot in the Cubs rotation at this point? I would think fourth at uh, maybe even third. You never know. But uh, they had to get somebody halfway decent and bringing him back. They got nothing to lose. And after losing you, Darvish coming off the best season he's had not only as a Cub, but maybe in baseball, they had to get somebody to fill that rotation. And it appears that they have done just that. Somebody asked a great question earlier. Who's better at this point, John Lester or Jake Arrieta? You know what? Uh, they were both with earned run averages of about, if I could be off a little bit, but I think they were both around five. Around Not, there, yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, nothing to lose. Uh, I don't know who's better. I know that uh, Lester has been a very important, and I know his teammates loved him there, but I think that they liked Arietta as well. So I think it was six of one, half a dozen of another. Supposedly, they could have gotten uh, Lester for even less money than they're going to end up getting for Arietta. I don't know if that's really true or not. Were you at the Outback Steakhouse? Uh, no. No. Okay. Um, was it... So it's more of a steak place than a barbecue joint? No, it's definitely more of a, a full dinner. And, uh, Gibson's. They, Gibson's. No, nope. I, no. I loved Gibson's and uh, the uh, Mater D downtown and all. Mohammed is a good friend of mine. In fact, I got to get down there sometime soon. Oh, yeah. I was just there. I was there the other night. Buddy of mine comes to my place, says, hey, come on down. I'm buying Gibson's. We go to Gibson's. I was as healthy as I could possibly be because I just I want to I'm kind of dieting right now because I want to look good once this pandemic ends. But then guess what, Grober? Dessert comes and it's like half a, like literally a sky high half of a carrot cake. When I say half, I mean half of the entire cake. The desserts there are just they're monstrous. And I know you stay away from chocolate, but I imagine you could probably have the carrot cake. Carrot cake, I love. It's healthy for me. It's good. Something I could have all the time. But, uh, you know, uh, I would say uh, you're right about chocolate. I miss chocolate. I used to eat Reese's peanut butter cups like they were going out of style. Right. That was your, your main thing. But now you are stricken from all chocolate or you get like Scotty Pippen like migraines, right? Uh, I don't think Scotty ever had what I've had, and I hope he never really? did. Oh, wow. I hope he never so did. You... You think it's worse than what the, what Pip had? It's really that bad, huh? Well, we keep getting stories about, uh, you know, I was at that game. I was at every game Michael Jordan 
ever played in the playoffs in his career. And I, I have no doubt that, um, you know, he, he hardly could play that day. And uh, Michael had kind of a rough day, too. That was Game 7 in 1990 against the Pistons at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Were you at Weber Grill? That's it. Oh, Bingo. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Ding, oh, ding, we ding. nailed it. Several textures, several textures said that. From the 847, the 773, the 630, you guys or gals, you got it. And you will win a trip to Weber Grill with Les Grobstein and his family. How does that sound, Les? Uh, I can't hear you. What did you say? <laughs> the food was awesome, though. The oh. uh, service was great. We, we got our food so quickly, too. It was unbelievable. We've been to Weber Grill many, many, many times. So good. Absolutely. There's a Weber Grill close to where I live downtown. It's such a great – it's like a perfect place, right? Because it's, it's not cheap by any means, but it's also not like Gibson. So it's a perfect place to check in every once in a while. Yeah, and I, and I love Gibson's. Like I said, there's there's a lot of places. I, I I can't believe though that they ended up closing down Lowry's downtown. It's still going to be open. Plus, oh. it's going to still be open in Dallas, Texas, and in Las Vegas. But they've closed the one here, and uh, that that was in a uh, a mansion in the past. And they're going to do something there, but uh, we're going to miss it. And another place that closed that uh, we're going to miss is in uh, in the Valley of the Sun, and that's. Uh, down in Charlie's in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh man, yeah, no, the the Lowry's thing is too bad. It's all, I walk past that often, and it's sad because they have the, they still have the 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 notes on the outside that says thank you so much for patronizing us over the years. And obviously, a place like Lowry's where they roll the cart of prime ribs, something like that, semi buffet style, just couldn't exist or survive during a pandemic. And the Yorkshire pudding and everything else, phenomenal. Oh my God, yeah, no, that that definitely. That definitely hits the spot right there. Um, Grobber, what about, so again, I'm sorry that you lost the bird. Will there be, will you and Kathy or you be looking for another bird? Because sometimes that's we're what talking we're talking about we're, it, but uh, we're, okay. not, we're not worried about it right now. Certainly, this is not the weather to try to bring a bird home because you want to keep it out of weather like this. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true, but I assume you keep the bird inside. You don't open the window or let no cool way. air in yeah, the Grobber mansion. No way, yeah, definitely don't, don't. I definitely keep the bird in while we have it. And, of course, when, when I had the mo- uh, moose, uh, my dog, my Yorkie, um, they handle cold weather like this. But I know so many times I'd be ready to take him out, and the weather would be similar to this. And he would stick his nose out, and he'd turn around and look at me like, are you nuts? <laughs> right. No, dogs aren't stupid, man. Some dogs definitely embrace the snow and jumping around and being jolly. But a lot of dogs are like, yo. Um, not interested in going, yeah, I got to do my business, but no, we're not going to take some walk so you can get, you know, 10,000. Yorkies are very good in cold weather though. And I found that out years ago. Really? No. Is there a dog in the Grobber household now? I forget. No, there's not. Okay. So no, we are, you are running an animal free household at at this this moment. moment. Yes. And will that change down the road? Um, we'll see. I'd like to see you get a bird for sure. Had, had a uh, texter ask, Superman versus Spider-Man, who wins? Oh, boy. Both were fun to look at. We enjoyed both, but uh, I got to go with Superman. Yeah, I mean, it's really not even a contest. Batman or Spider-Man? Uh, I got to go with Batman on that one, too. Okay. 
any anything to to back that up? Any metrics on that? Just just more to it, Batman no, than Spider Man. I know what that on that? on this uh, uh, the one with uh, uh, Superman. I mean the the, the big guy who was the uh, it was the the big enemy in there. Gene Hackman was awesome in that. Oh, Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yep. 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 Like Lex Luthor is it? He's a he's a mean guy. He's mean. Um, Les, do you think Mitch Trubisky will be back with the Bears next year? Let's get into the Bears. Who is going to be? Well, let's just make it that. Who do you believe will be or should be quarterbacking the Chicago Bears in 2021? Wish I could answer that, but do I back? My guess is uh, probably about uh, uh, maybe 90% no. I think that they, I think they're done with him, and I think he's done with them. I think that that's the way I read it. Now, we've been wrong about that situation before, but it would appear that the combination of Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky, they just don't seem to mesh together, period. I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's probably better off for both parties at this point if they separate. What about Carson Wentz? You like that idea? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's the – if he comes here and he's terrific and what they expected him to be – by the way, Carson Wentz, when he was drafted originally, that was here in Chicago. It's when the uh, NFL had its uh, – two years in a row they had yeah, the draft right. here downtown at the Auditorium Theater, and that's where he got selected. So uh, – I, right now, I, I'm, I'm not thrilled about any potential options here. I mean, what, what we've gone through the last several years, I mean, uh, starting uh, basically with Cutler and everybody that's followed him, it's just been bad. And, and believe me, that includes Cutler and anybody that tries to say, oh, he was the best quarterback they've ever had. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. Well, you had one of the best offensive coordinators in Mike Martz that the NFL has ever seen. and he One of the worst ones in the history of either league. The NFL, really? the AFL, or whatever. The, the guy was just a complete bum. Who now? Why do you say that about Martz? Because he basically uh, uh, everything that he did was pretty much like the run and shoot offense that they used to have way back in the day. And I thought that uh, the the team that he took over in St. Louis, the Rams, the greatest show on turf. He took it over, and. He allowed a guy like, uh, uh, you know, a couple of guys actually to, to make him, uh, he, he made them look much better than they were. I mean, I, I don't buy it one bit. I really don't. And uh, Like Holt and Bruce when and he was those with St. Louis, they, they should never have lost that game that they did to, uh, to the Patriots and Belichick. He made Belichick look better than he really was. Yeah, but when he got to the Bears, it seemed like he had the right idea, right? He wanted to just no, run he and didn't. Shoot, you know, no, he didn't. In... I I said before he even uh, began. I remember they were talking about uh, it looked like nobody wanted the job because everybody thought that Lovey was going to be canned after that last year, and they did have a better season than they thought. And the Bears decided to give him more paper. They re-signed him, and they re-signed him a time after that as well, and it was ridiculous. And um, that wasn't the fault of Martz, but uh, eventually uh, he and Lovey finally, uh, they were buddies. You've got to remember that Martz was the guy that hired Lovey to be his defensive coordinator in St. Louis. And so nobody really wanted to take the job here. So the only guy that would take it was Martz, and Lovey gave him the job, kind of paying him back, and it was ridiculous. 
But what about Brandon Mani Mani Luna? Me Mani yeah. useless. <laughs> That's right. You actually coined that phrase, didn't you? That was yours. I'm not going to take credit for that because I think other people were using that line as well. That that was a joke. I mean, and who was responsible for them uh, getting rid of Greg Olson and getting nothing back in return? Ooh, that was yeah, Mike that, Martz. Right. He was. He did not value the tight end, and it was quickly thereafter that that every team was starting to get those posh tight ends that could, you know, play like like the Jimmy Graham types, right? That could go out there and catch the football and play like a wide receiver. And Greg Olson, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he's had a hell of a career post-Bears. If he's not a Hall of Famer, he's pretty close. Maybe he's a little shy. Maybe he is the Hall of Very Good. But that was a terrible move. And again, I blame that all on Martz. Did you did you get Kathy anything for Valentine's Day, or are you guys just a go out for dinner, treat yourselves kind of couple, or is there a little something special exchange between the two of you? She wanted to uh, just basically go out for dinner, and uh, we're, we're not done. I mean, yeah, I did buy her something for Valentine's Day. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we got her. Uh, let's just say it was a piece of clothing and a pretty pretty nice one, and I think. Uh, it's something that she wanted, something that she got. Nice. And then we went out for dinner as well. So we did both. That's fantastic. Do you guys, I know this is no time to be taking trips, but I know you, Les. you got to have something planned Not like, yet. for the future. Not yet. Okay. We were going to go to Miami Beach right when the pandemic hit out. And so we have not gone out of town since then. We've decided not a good idea at this point. As yeah. soon as things clear out, uh, we're both planning to get our injections soon. Once we've done that... We'll see. Like I said, we were supposed to just a little over a year ago, and we had to call it off because it just wasn't a safe thing to do. Yeah, no, I understand that. So, and, and you are a guy who is, you know, you go to Hawaii a lot. You are, I think you have, don't you have like a permanent pass at, at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando or Anaheim? No, the permanent or? thing I have is I am a uh, permanent gold member on United Airlines. Wow. So I have that permanently. So wait, that, what does that, that mean? What does that entail? That, like, so you can just go right to the you, front of the line? No. Well, what it means is it gets you uh, extra miles when every time you fly, uh, you get extra perks, whatever. And to get that, you, you have to fly a certain amount. And I did, and I didn't get it by uh, any uh, for any type of uh, move that uh, we had made and any type of thing. We, we just basically, I got it because of the fact I flew so much, dating all the way back to when... Uh, mileage plus started and uh, you know American Airlines had their thing starting as well and all the other airlines many of those airlines have merged into these at this point but uh, we were able to uh, eventually get to, to a spot where I had a, a lifelong member and I was able to make Kathy uh, a lifelong gold member as well I'm able to basically uh, just have to give her name to United, and she's a lifelong wow. gold member, wow. too. Wow. You think you can get me in on uh, some of this uh, action, Grober? You know what I'm saying? Like maybe uh, get, get the old Grody on the old... Uh... Only one person. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I feel like you got some connections, but... Um, no, it's fine. not connections. I legitimately earned where I'm at, and it was not because of uh, connections or anything like that. Okay. Um, a texture says... Tell Grobber Jim McMahon can't hold Cutler's jockstrap. This this guy's saying he that... wouldn't want to either. <laughs> 
Anybody that uh, thinks Cutler is the best quarterback in Bears history, I feel bad for you. You're nuts. <laughs> I guess, you know what, we're at the point, unfortunately, Robert, that a lot of people did not see Jim McMahon play, and he was a winner, right? He knew how to beat Green Bay. He knew how to beat just about anybody that he faced. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, how many times did we see uh, Cutler in the Super Bowl? He was in the NFC title game, and I know he got hurt late in the first half. And then uh, that was the end of that. And then they had the second and third string quarterbacks play after that, and they had no chance. But uh, while Cutler was in there in the first half of that NFC title game against Green Bay, how many points did he put on the board? Ooh, zero? Yep. Ooh. What about... And I think I might agree with you on that. I think I might agree with you. But um, anybody that says he's had the best numbers of any quarterback in history, and I think a couple of, and I'm not using any names here, but there might have been a couple of people that work at our place that were saying for a long time, oh, he's the best quarterback the Bears ever had. You know what? That's their opinion. KMA is what I would say. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the guy basically, uh, he, he, he stunk, and he stunk later on, and he still does today. All right, let me ask about a couple of things could come in. Because people are always curious about you. People are fascinated by you, Les, because you are one of the greats of all time in Chicago. You have a show tonight at midnight. How does the grobber, because we all do it differently, how do you prepare for your overnight show? Is it reading? Is it watching? Or is it all just sort of there in your brain? Combination thereof. Combination. Uh, it depends. I mean, it depends who's playing, whatever. Uh, when the football season was going on, of course, I would be uh, – talking about all the games that were taking place on that particular weekend and particularly that Sunday, that's obviously not happening anymore because the uh, Super Bowl is over. I know this much. We've been talking the last couple of weeks at that Super Bowl two weeks ago. That was pitiful, boring, absolutely awful. (laughs) And I give a lot of credit to Tampa Bay. They outplayed Kansas City. I didn't have a a, a team to uh, pick out this way. I didn't care who won. Yeah, I really didn't because right. no, you're it wasn't right. It was kind of it, w- it was a boring game. It just meant a lot. You know what I mean? You're right. It was, but the, the you know with Brady winning a seventh Super Bowl, his you know in his tenth try, it was all about the meaning. But you're right. It was a lame game. Awful, absolutely awful. And um, I have attended. There have now been 55 Super Bowls. I did not go to any of the first 12 because. I was a little bit too young. The first Super Bowl I ever attended was Super Bowl 13 between the Steelers and the Cowboys. And I've now been to, in person, 30 of them, 30 out of 55. Wow. So not this the, year, though? No, go. No, I did not go this year. I did not go last. The last game I was at in person was that Atlanta, that game that they just uh, basically uh, blew to oh New England. God. And, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking, is Mike Martz the uh, offensive coordinator of this uh, team? Because the, all they had to do was run the football. Right. They kept throwing the ball and stopping the clock and leaving time for Pretty Boy and company to make their comeback. There's no way that Pretty Boy and uh, Belichick should have won that game. He's but, the uh, GOAT, though, right? Isn't Pretty Boy the GOAT? No? You mean GOAT as in... Maybe in football you could say that. But uh, uh, oh, maybe there's but, guys like Jim Brown and Walter Payton and people like that that have to be uh, right up there as well. Again, right. the, the way the game is played in this day and age, it's a lot different. And people always talk about, well, LeBron and this and that in the NBA. Um, LeBron 
could not wear Michael Jordan's jock strap. And the bottom line is, how many times did Michael Jordan lose a series in the NBA Finals? Well, let me six? see here. Zero times zero equals what? Zero. Nothing right? plus nothing means nothing. <laughs> all right, I'm going to come back to the GOAT. We're running out of time and, here. And but... by the way, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, as we all know, uh, LeBron twice lost in series with, uh, you know, to, uh, as, as we know, that uh, the, the last two times he was in the finals, they got beat. And they also got beat by San Antonio, a game that, uh, a series that San Antonio should have won, but they, they blew that thing as well. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. So he's more of a bat, too, would you say? No, I think that LeBron's great. He's just oh, not Michael Jordan. Oh, you think Michael he's Jordan. the GOAT? You think he's the GOAT, then? The, the greatest of all time, LeBron? Michael is. Michael, okay. Um, what about your, back to the airlines thing, What Braniff Airlines, does that, does that ring a bell to you? Does that mean anything? Okay, what of does course. it mean? Because I, I don't know much about Braniff. Uh, they folded, then they came back, and then they folded again. They had you have two experience different... with them? Yeah, we actually uh, had a softball uh, series scheduled to be played in Kansas City, which was one of their uh, home areas. And we flew into Kansas City. It was our Chicago Radio All-Stars team. We flew in there. We never got to play a game because it was pouring. I mean, it was this was in 1985, and it was coming down in buckets. Wow, and that was uh, via Braniff Airlines. Okay. Yeah, Braniff um, Airlines, there were a couple of teams there. There was a, a, a media team from Kansas City. There was mm-hmm. our team and Braniff Airlines. And uh, we were each going to play each other and have a round. And we never got pitch number one off because it was pouring. Give me the... Give me a quick synopsis of the the radio or TV softball team around the diamond and around the outfield. Obviously, you played. What position did you play, and who were some of the other I mostly media? pitched. I mostly pitched, and I set the team up. But, uh, you know, we had uh, David Schuster was on the team. Uh, there were some former uh, score heads who are now elsewhere and all, like Fred Hubner was on the team. And there were many others as well, and uh, we had a pretty good team. Okay. Were you? Would you say that you were the goats of the? Team? Not a chance. Not, not a, chance. a chance. Okay. Could you no. hit, or is that why you were a pitcher? You were not. Were you like not? Were you a? It bad was. Player? It was unlimited arc, slow pitch, and oh if you God. hit the mat and they didn't swing, it was a strike. And so wow. usually, if I was able to hit the mat, and it was a mediocre uh, hitter, then I had them. However. Gotcha. If they were, if they knew what they were doing, it didn't matter what I did. They were going to get me. Grover, what's on the show tonight? Anything uh, special? Nothing really planned yet. I know that uh, okay. we've got uh, the, the Blackhawks. Uh, they came back with a nice win last night after they, they blew did. the first game to Columbus. Uh, the Bulls, we have had some games played. we got two teams from the state of Illinois that are going to probably make the NCAA tournament. In fact, I think it's almost a lock. I think Illinois and Loyola are both going to get in. And with Loyola, that's going to make Mike Mulligan happy, of course. (laughs) But um, I grew up uh, living right down the street from Loyola University, right down Devon Avenue. So we used to take the uh, Devon Sheridan bus over there to watch the uh, great Rambler teams of the late George Ireland playing. And uh, it'd be kind of cool if they both get in, and I think they both will. I mean, there's no way. If they keep Illinois and Loyola out, then you know the selection committee is uh, completely full of it. 
Oh yeah, which I think which I think they are anyway. But that's another yeah, they, story for they another. They deserve day. a KMA at any time. Les, you want to give any shout outs to anybody out there uh, listening? Any shout outs to the to the world? Any specifics? Anything cooking that you want to get out there on the radio? No, station we'll be on midnight? the air tonight at midnight and uh-huh. uh, tomorrow night. That would be uh, Monday night at midnight. Bum of the week. Oh my God, can't. Who was the bum of the week last week? Do you remember? You know what? I'm trying to remember who it was, but uh, it's hard. I, it's hard to remember stuff. I know. Uh, that's who it was. That's who it was. That's exactly Ooh. who it was. And uh, th- that thing should have been, uh, you know, the, the person that uh, finally got busted for it. Um, I've got the guy's name right here. I just got to pull it oh, out. Was it um, who? The streaker. His name is Yuri Andrade, A-N-D-R-A-D-E. <laughs> oh, that was the streaker. Oh, yeah. That was the streaker, and it's the first Yuri. time we've ever had a streaker get a vote, much less win it. <laughs> Les, you're the best. Thanks for coming on. I have really enjoyed our extended transition together. Usually we only get like five minutes. I needed extended time with the extended remix, so I will talk to you soon, my brother. All I know right, a thanks, lot of Les. people want to know when your next going to be on with us early in the morning. I said, well, we're we're working on it. We'll see. We'll what work happens. on it. Yeah, you're right. Unless anytime I host, you know, I, I try to squeeze you in. I don't know if we'll have this much time all the time, but at least today we did, and it's been wonderful. Say hi to Kathy for me. Have a great Valentine's Day, my friend. Talk to you guys later. All right. That is the one and only Les Grobstein. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed that. Thanks for listening this morning. Great fun show. Talking a lot of bears. We had Mark Potash on and Les Grobstein. Our producer was, has been, and still is my guy, Brandon Fryer. CBS Sports Radio is coming up next, and I will talk to you soon on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.